Welcome to Emotions Incorporated, a podcast that follows the emotional journey of a Disney classic alongside our personal journeys too. In this limited series, we will be diving into how experiences become memories, emotional validation, core memories, and of course, the colorful orbs that truly live inside out. So hold on tight as this train of thought is about to leave the station. And here we are. Imagination Island is fully in swing, Jess. Here we go. We are going to do a deep dive into our imaginations today, which is exciting. It's exciting, but every time we start talking about something new, I'm like, oh, this is actually quite a scary topic to start diving into. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) See the therapeutic side of it. See the the inner, inner good of looking into those parts of your mind, you know? Yeah. And I mean, last time we talked a lot about creativity and I feel like Imagination Island is totally linked to the creativity aspect. So I think we're going to discover some fun things here. Definitely. Well, I think the first thing to start with before we get into how Riley uses her imagination is what we use our imagination for. What what's off the top of your head? What do you think you use your imagination most prominently for? Well, when you asked me that question, I felt myself split into my child self and my adult self. Um, I think imagination in my more child self, my playful side, that's it's more for like entertainment and whimsy. Like I'm just kind of diving in and thinking of just fun stuff, maybe to keep myself entertained, maybe to, you know, explore something that I haven't actually tangibly experienced before. Um, it's more of a side of play. And then I think for my adult self, I often use it for, um, well, I'm really big into manifesting. So that's a huge aspect of manifesting and practices like that. It's starting to tap into your imagination, sense what it would feel like to experience the thing you're trying to call into your life. Um, or I also use it, you know, to try to imagine like how I'm going to do something or ways that I can achieve my goals mm-hmm. um, a little bit more like tactically as well. So I think it is a huge, hugely useful tool, I have and to say. I think it's a lot broader as well. I think when I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm I, these with these episodes, we sort of just come on here and we just talk where our mind is at in that moment in time. We might look through some notes that we've made and stuff. But I think when I first write imagination down, I mean, we're going to get on to Bing Bong, good old Bing Bong soon. Oh. But, but when it comes to imagination, I think the only direct thing that we see with Riley's imagination is Bing Bong, like as her imaginary friend. But there's mm-hmm. so many other things that are really broad in that, which we'll get to onto in a bit. But I didn't, I think as much as I knew all those things you just said, I don't think I'd really placed out imagination into subcategories. I just thought, oh, imagination is just when you're, you, you, like get lost in your thoughts and start thinking up things that are manifestations of what you might be thinking in the moment I don't know that's the sort of summary of what I would think it is but then when you do start to break it down it is there is a lot more to it yeah I don't know all of that just kind of flooded in as you asked me that question and I'm like wow this is actually very multifaceted if you really break it down because it's something we do really automatically but like I'm really into obviously I talked about manifesting, but just like the brain in general, um, and just analyzing thoughts and emotions, which is probably why we're doing this podcast. But 
when you start to observe your imagination and like look at it from an objective perspective, it really does go into different areas and serve different purposes. So I think that's, it's just a really interesting thing to look at from the outside in. It is. Or inside out. (laughs) Oh, there we go. (laughs) I I think when I think of my child, if I was to split it into my the way my child self used my imagination and my adult self used my imagination, I think as much as they're very different, I think they both served similar purposes when I break it down. Because my child self, I this this is never going to make sense to anybody listening to this but me and my sister and now my parents as well we still do it but it started off when we were like maybe 10 or 11 years old we had this character called Ichbob that we just created and it was based on a pan flute player from Corey in the house on Disney Channel oh my god and and <laughs> like not only based on him because I think that I, there was some reference to the word I, I don't know I can't even tell you how it came about there was some I don't even remember the, the movie monsters versus aliens that big butterfly thing that was another like injection of Ichbob in there but we'd created this character that sort of allowed us to I don't know behave in as much as we me and my sister were brother and sister and we would have these we we would have normal conversations as well we'd sometimes just like be stupid when when we were being stupid and silly we'd put on this silly voice and we do this Iqbal voice I mean we don't do it we don't do it as much anymore but we might still it does slip in sometimes and like mm-hmm. my mum and dad started calling um each other Iqwif and Iqhub they're gonna hate me for exposing them about all this but <laughs> it's but the, all of that I think was that escapism of how I was feeling not not necessarily actually no not how I was feeling at that point but it just allowed me to step out of reality and just to like be the stupid funny alter ego that I could like that I could just be free with I didn't have to I didn't have to think about the worries that I was going through through puberty and through school and stuff I could just like Ichabod was this weird character from an alien planet that we just played out and then when I think of my adult self I I do manifest a lot as well and as much as I'm not creating this character I think that manifestation is that step outside of my actual like immediate brain and my immediate thought process and I imagine what I what I want out of these situations I'm in right now and that allows me again that that opportunity just to be free with my thoughts and and let my imagination run wild so as much as they're two very different aspects of my imagination and the ways they've progressed is quite different it's they I think like I said they both serve the same purpose if that makes sense yeah. Yeah. I think your child self really leans into that playfulness. And yeah, I think that's kind of the thing that we need to learn as we get older. It's like the more we can connect with that playful side of us and the fun aspect of it, I think the more it actually contributes to, you know, the adult side, the manifestation side and like bringing about the things that you want because you're just being yourself and you're letting your thoughts be, you know, pure and fun and like feel good um yeah the imagination it has the opportunity to really either like elevate how you feel or dampen how you feel and it's interesting like you can kind of and we have control over it which is super weird so you can kind of let it sway either way um like whether or not you decide to take control of it like you can let it run wild for sure but we can kind of like 
coerce it into certain directions, which I think is just so interesting as human beings that we can do that. And maybe it's the fact that we do, that we can lose control of it and we don't expect that because we can have so much fun with our imaginations that we sometimes end up swinging the other way and it's not as fun and exciting because you end up, that then turns into overthinking. And I think our imagination can be the cause of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I was, yeah, I was going to say that exact thing. I'm like, now that I'm an adult and like I've experienced so many instances of anxiety too, I'm like, that's actually my imagination just going in a direction that is not really favorable so yeah and it's learning how to manage that so very interesting that was a good start working out what our imaginations are used for I think yeah kicking it off Riley used her imagination to, when she was a child, she really leaned into that fun and playful side. And she had her little imaginary friend named Bing Bong. And we love him. Every time we talk about him, we all get emotional. Honestly. Um, because he, he's up there with the most heartbreaking Disney moments for me. 100%. And I think it's because we all relate to that because we've all grown up and we all remember those aspects of being a kid and how it's just pure and wholesome. And that's what Bing Bong emulates. He just, he loves her so unconditionally. He, oh my God, it makes me like tear up. He's just so sweet, you know? And you just watch him and he's got that, he's got the childlike wonder that we lose when we grow up. Um, And that's, you know, I mean, ultimately Bing Bong at spoiler you need to make sure you watch this movie before you listen to this episode <laughs> this is going to be a disclosure on this entire podcast i think yeah <laughs> yeah this is everyone's homework before you listen to this watch inside out but so at the end of the movie bing bong obviously sacrifices himself for riley and i think there's a bit to like talk about there um you know i think that was a huge act of love for yeah. riley because bing bong like his whole heart was for Riley like he wanted to take her to the moon he wanted to do everything and anything for her and that's the sad part about imaginary friends is you know the disconnection as you become an adult he kind of you know was left behind which oh it's it's the saddest thing (laughs) I think as well that obviously as much as we fall in love with Bing Bong as this external character from Riley's mind well, I think sometimes during the movie we do and Riley's journey we do forget that this is all happening inside her head that's what tells me this is self-love as well sometimes you have to sacrifice certain things and you have to mediate with yourself to accomplish wholesomeness and success within yourself as well because if we're thinking of this I'm not that scientific, but if we're thinking of this in a scientific way, if you, or not even a scientific way, but if we're thinking of it mathematically, if you take away, like taking Bing Bong off of that wagon allowed Joy to make that last step forward that wouldn't have been able to with Bing Bong. So I think that it's, in, in my opinion, that was Riley saying, I need to let something go to feel the sadness, to then feel the joy. And I think obviously that is what happened. I think another really interesting point to make with Bing Bong as well is that the first time we see him is that he's just wandering lost in long-term memory. Like he just, he doesn't, he's just 
having a having a wonder about who knows how long he's been in there for but the point is that he is in long-term memory so he's sitting in Riley's mind somewhere mm-hmm. the sad thing is that then obviously at the end he's no longer in long-term memory and he is completely forgotten but I think then that poses the question of as much as they say once Riley's decided she wants to forget something it's gone forever I don't know I don't know how much I buy into that I don't I don't think anything's completely forgotten forever I think we can be triggered by things by the most small things that could light sparks in something we haven't thought about for years and something as significant as an imaginary friend I really do think Riley could be reminded of yeah I think your memory could be jogged and like I'm envisioning you know, maybe someone going back to the the dump or whatever you want to call it and like picking up bing bong for like a temporary visit or something yeah. back into her mind. Um, but that's just a theory or a hypothetical thought. But yeah, it's very interesting. Like the way that she has to let him go to create space to grow into an adult is, yeah, yeah I think it's very, I mean, it's very symbolic. And like you said, like sometimes you do have to let things go to bring in the new and especially when you're 11 you're growing at such a rapid rate um yeah it's very interesting and I would be interested yeah to think about like there's so much stuff in that like landmine of forgotten memories um but you know if a parent shows you a picture or tells you a story or something like I I would be interested to see if those things could be jogged and brought back exactly but because phone I, numbers, they're they're not going to come back. Like stuff no. like that, I could definitely see being gone for good. But I I don't. The thing is, I don't remember having an imaginary friend, and I don't know if I. I mean, I don't remember having a conversation with my parents about it. But it would be interesting to know whether I did and whether I did invest in that, in that typical thing that kids can do. Yeah. I mean, I wish that mine would be a pink elephant dolphin hybrid. That would be amazing. It's so creative. You want to know what yeah. mine was? Oh, you had one. I had one. Oh, let's it dive was... into that. <laughs> well, mine, I don't really remember our relationship, but I was told that Bean Bunny from the Muppets was my imaginary friend. No way. I loved him. So, you know, we would go on whatever adventures we did. I don't really remember. But I think it was probably because I went to Muppet Vision 3D at Walt Disney World and I just fell in love with this little bunny and I took him home, apparently. (laughs) So That is so adorable. You know, I think that's cool because, you know, Riley completely constructed whatever um, Bing Bong was. And then I like took something from, you know, a whimsical, you know, little cinematic universe, the Muppet universe, and like brought him in my headspace so I think that's kind of cute what did you I mean like you said you don't really remember the relationship you had with that imaginary friend but even from conversations you had with your parents or your siblings or whatever do you did like would you just say that you'd like been with your imaginary friend or would they see you like playing with your like toys and stuff with it like what was the situation honestly like I wish I could remember because there's a part of me that like kind of remembers like oh we would you know play school or something or you play with your aunt like little stuffed animals or your barbies or whatever and like you incorporate them into it so you have like a little pal to talk to um but I I don't know and because I think it's from such a space of like like true childhood like even Because I think it's probably age, what, like three to five, that was probably for me or younger, maybe, maybe like three, four. 
Yeah. And I just, you know, there's just no concept there anymore. But I mean, it's so cute. I would be so interested to see, you know, when, if whatever, I have kids someday, like to see like what their experience would be and just observe it as an adult and be like, wow, that's really cute. And I think because we are more inclined to think of these things like imaginary friends as being as being something quite special now I mm. as opposed to just like a passing thing like oh imagine no friend whatever I think we're way more in touch in our generation than generations have been before with the way that psychologically young people are growing up especially at how fast-paced the world is with technology and social media it would be really interesting to see how they're influenced by those things yeah and how things like imaginary friends sit in this day and age compared to how they were when we were growing up that's such a good point because like obviously if you throw an ipad in front of a kid and they're just stimulated from that do they still have the space to cultivate an imaginary friend like i mean i don't know i'm not a parent yet so i don't know but i will be interested to find that out for sure i mean i'm sure i'm sure there are i'm sure there are so many peppa pig imaginary friends in the world i'm sure i i think peppa would have been my imaginary friend i love her (laughs) sassy pepper sassy sassy pepper sassy pepper all the way she's the best she better she better still be relevant in yeah oh she better she will she's not going anywhere i i um timeless classic yeah as much as I didn't have, I always just think of the clip with the phone. You must have seen it where she hangs up the phone. That's that's how I was introduced to her. No actually. way. Yeah, my friends, um, Ricky and yeah, Ricky, he was the one who found it. And he would show this clip at all of our little parties we had. And yeah. we all had like this Peppa Pig obsession. I was what, like 20, <laughs> early 20s? I'm like, we're all obsessed with Peppa Pig. Like, okay. where did this come from? But it's so funny. I think that's, I mean, this is kind of a side note, but I think it's really funny how like kids shows can tie in that like adult humor and not in like a crude way either. Like that was just purely funny. Yeah. Um, but I think that helps us connect with our child selves and like our imaginative selves and be brought back to that space of just like, oh my gosh, like. I can be in this really pure and wholesome headspace and just enjoy this. And I think if you are creating a television show or a movie and you can connect with not only children, but adults and bring them to that space, like that is brilliance. And like, I think a goal of any sort of film or television making. I agree. Yeah. As much as I didn't have an imaginary friend, I did. I'm sure lots of kids did this, but I had these two, I had teddy bears. I didn't necessarily have like dolls or or action figures or anything. I had these two teddy bears. One was called Friendly Monster and Mm -hmm. I could not sleep until I was three years old. And one of my aunties bought me this Friendly Monster that come with a book about the Friendly Monster scaring all the demons away. And in my head, whenever I'd have a bad dream and I did, I I mean, I watched scary things when I was younger, like horror films. I was, I was quite naughty. I was brave. Yeah. I was like, I don't care what my parents say. I'm going to watch Scream. And then like, you know, I'm still, I'm pretty normal though. I'm not like, I'm yeah. You're, you're pretty grounded. I think Yeah, for, for that kind of behavior in the early days. And it was all because of friendly monster. So thank <laughs> I, God. 
but I'd wake up in the night and I he'd be there and I I would have like a conversation. This probably sounds so, like so weird to some That's people, so but cute, I would have a conversation with him and like I would I I would be saying to him like I'm really scared because this happened and like it would comfort me. And then I had this other one called Baba and him and he was like a um a puppet um lima and they were best friends and like so as much as i didn't have an imaginary friend on the inside i definitely allowed my imagination to run wild on the outside with an imaginary uh, imaginary imaginary friend but then it makes me sad when i think of bing bong and then i put my imaginary like life that i gave my teddy bears and my soft toys now like I hope they're doing the Toy Story thing and having the best time in my attic because, like, I haven't seen them in a, in a while, so I hope they're doing good. You better but go check I'm, on them. I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not home. I'm not home at the like at my parents' house right now. So next time I'm there, I'm gonna. When this episode releases, I'm gonna post a picture of Monster <laughs> Papa just to prove they're still living and breathing and having a good time. Oh, well, I think that's so interesting that you say that because, like, you infused life through your imagination into these characters and I think that's why honestly I think it's kind of why Pixar is so successful in itself because it started with that concept in Toy Story and then they were able to not only infuse it into toys but then they infused like personality into emotions and inside out and then you know all the other Pixar movies but I just I find that so interesting that this whole company or this whole like movie production method is based on imagination and I think I just think that's really cool and I think it's cool that they were able to showcase that within this film particularly even even thinking of like Monsters Inc with Boo and like is Mm -hmm. like she's living in this world of monsters and I know that it's physical in the sense of the movie but who knows like what's in her imagination and what's not like there's so like you said with Pixar there's so much to play with and it, it actually makes me really excited to think of how much there is to dive into when you start thinking of how these movies really do relate to us as children in one way and then adults in another similar to our similar to our imaginations ah! wow that's so fun my god too much See, look at our imaginations going now like I, I feel know. like once you start and that's a thing that we don't practice as adults right like we yeah. don't just sit there and let our minds wander a lot because we're so programmed to like we have to be productive we have to do this we have to go to work we have to xyz and I think that's too like when a lot of adults have children and they do exercise that imaginative side of them again like it kind of brings them back to their childlike selves or people get addicted to going to disney but it's because they get back into their imagination and they're you know like wowed by all of these you know the 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 scenery of you know big thunder mountain or you go into fantasy land and you're thinking about all these beautiful like whimsical fairy tales and you're like your brain just kind of starts going into these spaces that we don't get to go to in the real world. And I think you can really get back in touch with yourself by letting your imagination run wild like that. Amazing. <sighs> I just feel so inspired every time we talk. I love it. So I do too. I love this. I love it so much. Right. Let's talk it's about another our, thing. It's good for our hearts. It I is. Think. It is. Know? It is. Um, I, so RIP Bing Bong, we love you so much. We know we there's I have inside inside out two's coming. I don't who know. even knows what direction they're gonna take. That who could be knows? a whole nother episode, but I, I don't think Bing Bong's gone forever. I just don't I I'm not I'm not 
I'm not taking that for an answer yet. We'll All wait. Right, we'll see. When is that we'll coming see. out? Do we know? Or 2024. Is it... So we've oh, got Oh, that's soon. Okay. Oh, well, two years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not like eight years away. It's like true. You know. I mean, let's just look at the Marvel slate for a second because that is a that is a hot mess. But anyway, off topic. <laughs> So another aspect of Riley's imagination that we get to dive into is her imagination island. I think it's imagination island. It might be imagination land, um, but there's a scene where we where Joy and Sadness walk, and I think maybe Bing Bong as well walk through this mini land within one of the islands that has all of Riley's um, imagination segments that she's that have like solidified themselves in her brain. So a few of those are. French fry, French fry forest. So uh, there are literally French fries everywhere, which sounds like heaven. Um, mm. Cloud Town, which I think is an interesting one. Um, I mean, I like I, I I like the idea of clouds, but I don't know if it's something that I would put in my. I guess I guess that is that like a. I don't know a link to imagination. Like if maybe if she's like laying down, looking up at the sky, and like thinking of different yeah. shapes of the clouds. I bet that's what they're referring to. Yeah. Um, House of Cards. Um, now I'm saying all of these as well. There's some really funny scenes, like s- scenes with mini characters and the. This is creative. This yeah. is real, I mean, it's imaginative for a reason, but yeah. yeah, they really, they play each of these up really well. Exactly. And then finally, Imaginary Boyfriend as well. And yeah. um, I mean, at nine or eight or nine years old, however, I, however old Riley is, um, I think. I think we all had a crush at eight or nine years old that we would we would manifest and it would be in there somewhere. We'd deny it to anyone. We would never tell anyone who our crush was, but it would be deep down in there rooted. And what's interesting is when you think of these things, um, like the imaginary boyfriend, for example, that ends up playing such a huge part in Joy getting back to headquarters at the end of the at the end of this journey that Riley goes on. So I think all of these aspects, as much as they they haven't got their own full core memory island they do still play a really significant part in in this whole journey that Riley goes on Mm -hmm. um I think this would be quite an organic point to talk about what our islands would consist of and then talk about how that has like played into our lives yeah I definitely think so do you want to start yeah um so I said to Jess before we started this the the ones I've noted down are pretty basic which I'm really sorry about and I'm gonna try and be more creative with it because creativity was one of my core memories and I should be better you'll never know maybe something will come to you along it's true it's true (laughs) I do think so the first thing I have to say in my imagination in my imagination island imagination land is definitely and this is a recurring theme here we are doing a podcast about it it is Disney I it's such a huge a huge part of every every day I'd say I really would say every day I spent a year and a half making a daily podcast about about the Disney company I um when I'm I'm already thinking about what my next Disney park trip is going to be before I've been on my on my current one that is coming up like I'm constantly thinking about it and it does really just form perfect escape for me as much as being in the parks does just just the idea of walking through main street or walking through world showcase 
it just brings me so much joy. Um, and I think in, in, in Imagination Land, I do really think that joy is quite a quite a large part of that, which when I say that, I do want to get onto something else a little a little bit later, which we don't necessarily see so much in Riley's Imagination Land. Um, but yeah, Disney is definitely a key element. It would definitely have its place there. Um, maybe I'd, I think like if I had to pick a couple, of, I would pro- I'd probably say... I'd want, I'd want the United, I want the UK, uh, UK Pavilion there. I'd want, I want to like relive that whenever I can. Imagine, uh, delve into my imagination and go there whenever I want. I probably want soaring on on demand. Uh, I'm saying B2 as well. That's where I want to be sat every single time. <laughs> um, maybe Flight of Passage, Thunder Mountain. Like I've got my select Disney, my like Disney imagination in there. You can tell I'm con- my imagination is full of Disney all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but other things as well. I think I'm a huge, uh, a huge fan of. This is going to get me so much hate from American listeners. I'm a huge fan of the Cheesecake Factory. I love the Cheesecake Factory. I mean, no offense, but it's pretty good. <laughs> right? That's I've got. Okay, that that makes me feel better because I'm glad I, that that's part of your imagination, Lynn. Like the Cheesecake Factory. That it literally it, is. it really deserves to be there. It's an imaginative place. Do you know if we if if like we said in I think the last episode where we we had this like opening sequence of how our um like what our first memories would be in my imagination land I just want the biggest cheesecake factory with every single cheesecake you could ever think of pumpkin pie cheesecake is not just happening in fall it's happening every season like I like it is my happy place cheesecake not like uh, factory nachos chicken and biscuits i'm like give me all of the american food maybe after a few days we can chuck chuck in a salad in there as well but um and then i think another thing that i would say is my young imagination self i loved high school musical growing up and as much as as much as i would i would love to deny it i was a huge i had a huge crush on zach efron um and that was that was no need well, it no was need a secret, to deny. <laughs> well, it was a secret back then and not anymore. I'll tell you that for nothing. So <laughs> I said so that was like, if we're talking an imaginary boyfriend. I was like, Zac Efron, Troy Bolton. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah, but yeah. along along with that, um, I'm conscious I'm talking a lot about myself here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to do that too much. But um, there's definitely things I think in my imagination land that are... Um, that worry me as well it's not all fun and games as much as I like to think that it's all joyful I think I've got a huge fear of snakes we spoke about fears um a couple of episodes ago and I've got a huge fear of snakes and I do think somewhere in there I that fear can come up out sometimes um I also get very anxious anxious about timekeeping um so I imagine somewhere in there there's probably lots of clocks just and lots of checklists and lots of lists in general that um of things that I haven't done yet um and me and in my imagination and I think I'd be snacking on some cheesecake and working out how the hell do I get through these things so I think the imagination land as much as we only see a very small part of Riley's I think it's way broader than we might think at first yeah, I agree. And I think at 11 years old, hers are her aspects of her imagination land are going to be more simplified and childlike. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as we're adults, like, I think that they become more specific and deeper in some areas. And, you know, there's, you know, the, the light and the dark to it, too. So 
I love all those. I don't think those were basic at all. I think they're okay, very good. fun. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> I love it. I'm just, I'm imagining the cheesecake factory. Like, oh, just, oh my God. Raining, raining nachos and cheesecake. That's what I it's want. It's so fun. In high school, that's where we used to go. My friend Kristen, who I host Rediscover with, we would go to Cheesecake Factory all the time. And it was, I mean, it's just an immersion of the senses. Like there's so much to look at. Um, That's probably why I love going to like bakeries and stuff now too, because you're just, you are so, your sight is so stimulated by the colors and the shapes of all the different um, foods. And I just, it's a totally creative, imaginative space. So I love it. And it's whatever you want it to be as well. Like as much as I, I shouldn't have started that with it's basic because it was basic and it's, and I like it. That's what it should be. Yeah. And I mean, you've made it so, you know, fun and vibrant to think about. So I think it's cool. But anyways, so I think for my imagination lens, I'm, you know, I was, I actually just thought of them while you were talking because I was, I was going on a whim here, but my number one, one that came to me um, besides Disney, because just like you, I could go into a whole thing about Disney too, but I think you really summed it up. Um, second place for me would be Christmas. I think ever since I was young, I am very obsessed with Christmas. And I think that it was one of the safe places for me in my mind to really go to, like, if I was bored, if I was anxious, if I was having trouble falling asleep, like I would just envision Christmas scenes and like snowy villages and twinkle lights. And there's just like Disney Christmas has a lot of aspects to it. Like whether you go for the whole North pole aspect with all the elves and Santa, or you're just going, you know, to a small charming town with little gift shops or being at home and like decorating and having people over and serving different foods. Like there's so much to it Yeah, that it really, it makes me feel very warm and very comforted inside. And it's, it's a very, Christmas is very creative. And I think that it's something that I've always looked forward to, like, as I get older, like envisioning, like what my, you know, cherishing my family Christmases when I was younger and envisioning what they're going to be like in the future and enjoying what they are now. So I don't know, there's just a lot within that topic that I think is really imaginative and fun. Also, like one of your islands that you said would be yours last week was a relationships island and like the relationship you have with your family and romantic relationships and friendships and the holidays season and Christmas in, in, in more specifically as well is a time where everybody just comes together and there's so much love and just happiness and joyfulness that mm-hmm. um, really resonates with with all of those relationships and the season as well yeah oh it makes me so happy yeah and we're not too far Jess we're we're getting there it's not in your imagination soon it's a it's it's a it's a few weeks away so it's so (laughs) soon oh my gosh yeah I honestly Christmas is the number one holiday for me by far but I think any occasion to celebrate like ever since I was young my mom and I always would theme everything like birthday parties Halloween party like everything so I think anytime there's an occasion I get really creative and imaginative of how we can bring whatever the celebration is like on paper but bring it to life and bring it into a space of immersion for everyone who's there so I just I love it it's that's a very fun imaginative space for me um I think another one when we were talking about 
Riley having her cloud island, I was actually thinking of when I'm on planes and I have a window seat and I'm looking out into the clouds, my mind goes out there and envisions. I don't know if it would be cloud imagination or just, I don't know. I just think that there's a very like magical space about being above the clouds and whether, you know, you want to envision, you know, it looking very heavenly and like thinking of all like your loved ones who have passed or things like that, or thinking of it just like, hmm, what would it be like if I lived on a cloud? Like yeah. very totally out there. I think that it's just such a different environment that we can see from the ground. And it just, it makes my brain totally go out and start thinking about not only like living out there, but just all the possibilities in life. Like, I don't know. I get really deep on planes. No, but I think that's, I think that's, really interesting because especially because I was slightly confused when I said cloud island and it's something and you know what's weird is that someone well my my dad and sister are both tattoo artists and um they've both said to me in the past what would you have and I weirdly said I'd probably want a cloud and like why and I'm like I don't know I just I just like clouds and then when I when you start to there's obviously a reason there even though if it's not at the forefront I'm not having a cloud tattoo full disclosure for anyone that's going to go search my ankles or anything for tattoos. <laughs> they're not there and they will never be there because I can't handle the pain um but yeah I do I think it's really interesting that you say that because I think Riley probably has a very similar I think it almost encapsulates imagination and and that peacefulness as well yeah because too if you think about it clouds can completely shape shift so you can imagine them to be whatever you want them to be but then there's also the aspect of just the thought bubble too is shaped like a cloud so I think I think they're just very imaginative and I think once we mentioned it in this episode my brain just kind of opened up like oh I totally see why they did that because there's actually a lot of reasons and I never really thought about it before I just was like oh clouds I'll take it at face value but (laughs) I think it was pretty brilliant um and then I think my last aspect of my imagination land would be something along the lines of interior design I get lost in HGTV shows I love when they you know either demolish a house and rebuild it and show you the before and after I love when they like take a kid's room that's really basic and then dress it up with all these beautiful like whatever the theme is if you're going like a jungle theme or a rainbow theme I there's so much creativity there and I think that I don't know like I like to envision what my future house is going to be like like we always talk about you know if we had like a travel type traveler's tavern type thing or if we have you know different themed rooms like what would it be like um I really like the concept this I don't know if you've heard of this concept but um in the frozen musical they have a song it's called Huga, which is a Danish term for like it's like this cozy culture so basically everything is like fuzzy blankets warm tea being inside when it's snowing outside Um, and envisioning, you know, what that would look like in a living room or like what color schemes you would go for, the textures of the blankets, stuff like that. And I think I could totally get lost in a rabbit hole of imagining bringing those things to life. So maybe this is more of my adult side coming in, but it's also playful in the sense of all the colors and all of the like creative ways you can hang things to make them, you know, fit your vision and I'm totally a visionary person. Like I love thinking about stuff like that. So I think that helps me stay in touch 
with my imagination and my child self as well. It's really fun. I think one of the um, really great things that has come out of social media is Pinterest in mm-hmm. the, in the past like 10 years, as much as there's been some controversy recently with Pinterest and the media, when it comes to the good side of um, Pinterest, I think some one of the sad things about our imagination is that we can sometimes forget to dive into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because adult life can be difficult. There can be a lot of obstacles. Um, I think that we forget that because we're adults, we're actually allowed to have an imagination. We're allowed to have fun with our thoughts as well. Yeah. So having things like Pinterest are really good to get those, firstly to spark that, those little segments in your imagination to think oh I haven't thought of that in a while and then you can create a board and build on that and I think altogether that just allows your brain to just build so much scope on something that could have been a really small thought but to dive back into the imagination I think like I said it just keeps that imagination that part of the imagination land that you might have forgotten about or don't give enough attention to the chance to build on itself so mm-hmm. as much as social media and and certain apps can have a lot of um negative negative connotations towards them I think Pinterest is a really good one that ties in really well with um imagination it's not something I've used too much but I know that it's something that when I do dive into it it's something I could spend hours on because it just allows me to think about think more broadly about the things that I have an interest in you know yeah and I think it's really interesting just to tie it a little bit to like manifesting real quick when you're starting to like visualize something you if you can see it, if your like eyes can see it and your brain can like kind of feel what that would be like, it actually attracts it to you faster. And that's why they say to make vision boards and seeing things over and over again, um, because you can understand it instead of it being some like far off concept. So I think it really ties into helping you imagine and get into the space where you can actually feel it um, instead of you know, just being like, I don't know if that could ever happen. I don't know if that makes any sense to me. And I think Pinterest is the coolest tool for making your imagination just expand because we can think as far as we comprehend at that moment. But if you can introduce yourself to a new look or a new topic or a new idea, all of a sudden you might, your imagination might totally grow and double in size because all of a sudden you were exposed to this thing you didn't even know existed. So I think it's really cool. I think that there's, yeah, the internet and social media has the opportunity to make you start thinking of more. I do think I fall into the trap sometimes like there's too much and I get swayed on like, oh, I thought of this, but then I saw this and like, that's might be better, but like, that's not really my idea. So I think it's important to really like tune into what authentically you really want instead of letting it be swayed by somebody else's opinion because that might work for them but maybe your idea was actually just as good or maybe better for you um and that's something I've definitely had to learn for myself but I think there's a lot of potential there if you can use it in a way that is expansive and like growth focused and creative focused I think it's really cool so I don't know. The imagination is just, it's so expansive. There's so much there. It's, there's so much to it. I think, I don't think you'd be able to write down everything that goes on in your imagination because it'd be way too vast. It'd be way too vast. Yeah.
I think it'd be good for us to reflect on how we think we can become more in tune with our imaginations. I don't know if there's anything immediately you think that that we could do and what our listeners could do as well to to just hone in a little bit more on how we can either revisit our imagination land and to get back in touch with those things and our and our and the things that we that we love getting lost in yeah is there any any thoughts on that yeah I think immediately when you said that the word that was like screaming in my head is just stillness we don't take a lot of time to just be by ourselves because we're scrolling constantly we're running to the next thing we're having to be super productive at work or at home. Um, I think the best way to get back in touch with our imaginations is to literally sit by ourselves without technology, without noise, and just go inward. Um, I think, you know, whether you take that as meditating or you just take that as, you know, I'm taking a rest, um, that's when we're really connected to ourselves and it kind of opens up that channel for that imagination to come in and we can just go. We're like, we're just, we're so overstimulated in our, in our lives today. So, um, you know, I think when I think back to my childhood, the times that my imagination would run wild was, you know, when I was just sitting in school or church and I just was not interested in what was going on, but all of a sudden I'd have this amazing daydream going on in my head. So yeah. And it just doesn't happen as much anymore because I'm constantly doing something. So I try to be as intentional as possible and take a moment to just be still. And if you have trouble with that too, I would even suggest maybe doing guided visualizations to kind of just train your brain to kind of get back into that because we just, we just get so focused on life in front of us when there's so much more that I think we can connect to on even though it's not tangible, it's still so valuable and it might even spark ideas that are crucial to your path and your journey in this life. I, it's interesting because when I asked that question, I was thinking, okay, what's the process for how we can get, and I'm like, no, the point is there's no process. You answered it perfectly. That there doesn't have to be a process for tuning into your imagination and to your inner thoughts sometimes like you said you just have to sit still and and take a moment and I think allow them yeah and that can be that can be far more exciting than the brain thinks it is I'm I'm terrible for constantly filling every gap in my day with Mm -hmm. something like it doesn't even have to be it doesn't even have to be something huge but if I see a space I'm like oh no, no no that's not productive I'll our, our thoughts can't be productive if we don't allow them the time and space to. So I think that was the perfect conclusion to what we've just spoken about. And it's something that I definitely need to find ways of doing. And like you said, that might be meditating. That might just be taking five minutes a day just to sit there and not even think, just, just to sit there and let yourself be. And yeah. that's something that we all, I think, need to take a step back and do because that's what self-care is. It's just taken a moment and I mean I I am not doing that in my life right now I'm not doing that and I need to and and some things will have to be sacrificed but you need to look after yourself at the end of the day we all of these things that we're talking about are irrelevant if we don't take the moment just to be at one with ourselves 
Yeah. I think just incorporating mindful moments literally for five minutes. I was thinking that too, because I do work remote now and I'm sure a lot of us still do or have a little bit more flexibility on hybrid days or something. Um, even if you just set, set an alarm, like maybe at, you know, different times of the day where you just take five minutes to just take a moment. Number one, it does increase productivity when you are focused, which is amazing. But then number two, it gives your mind and your brain and your nervous system like the space to actually relax. So I think that it's a, it's a really good practice to incorporate. And it's something that we don't like know to do. And you have to really teach, you have to teach yourself and you have, that's what I think that's what self-care is. It's incorporating these things that are not, um, they're just, it's not like normal quote unquote, but that's where the healing is. And that's where the care is because you're able to just reflect inward and take a moment and take a space. And you'll get, I honestly, it may not have, it's not going to happen in one five minute session, yeah. but if you build upon that and you are able to give yourself more and more space. Like I just, I think you get more connected to yourself after all that time. So that's what I've noticed. Like I started incorporating that in the past few years. And I, I really do think I'm the happiest I've ever been. And there's of course space for growth in that, but the, I don't know, the more time that I take, the more I'm like, oh, when I am performing, like I'm able to perform better because I'm yeah. not completely burned and frazzled like to my wits end, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. That's just, it. there's just, I think there just needs to be more space for fun and play. And I think Definitely. we forget that. So, and, and I think it's sometimes having conversations like this that allow yeah. us to realize that we do need to do that and take that with us and actually act upon it. Yeah. And I, you know, it's so funny because when Bradley and I decided to do this podcast, our conversation before I was like, I'm so exhausted. I have so much to do. And he's like, are you going to be able to do this? And I was like, no, like, I think that this is actually the perfect thing to do because yeah. it's so fun. We get to connect. We get to talk about things that are not like rigid and like high productivity. It's like taking a moment to reflect and yeah. like, we have this space where we can do that and we can bring you guys into it. And I, I think it's really special. And that's why I think spending the time doing creative things that fuel your heart and your soul are just as valuable as like chipping away at a to-do list or working towards a big project. Because if you don't take the time for the fun, when you do that, you're just, you're not going to be your optimum self. So exactly. Yeah. Anyway, well, there's just so fun. much here. <laughs> there's so there much is. to think about. There is. And it's, it's so exciting to, to dive in. It really is. And I think this is just another method of of being like taking an hour out to chat and to yeah. and to learn about each other and ourselves and and that's all we can do yeah I've learned so much about myself and about you it's so yeah. special it's like amazing. it's amazing I, that's I just that's why I love podcasts you really get to know people on such a different level than you know if you just go out for coffee or exactly. whatever and like we're not spending our time sitting here like you know, gossiping or complaining, like we're really reflecting and going inward, which is just, it's so beautiful. It is. It's really fun. So. Well, there we have it. <laughs> imagination. Use your imagination, everyone, and take that time to, to find what is in there and to get in touch with your playful self and 
enjoy enjoy the imagination that you have because it's individual to you yeah just it's super special and it's a gift that we all have and i think we just forget so yeah i hope this episode just reminded you that your childlike self is in there and ready to come out and play exactly that well this has been another episode of emotions incorporated and i am leaving this episode with as big a smile as i have the last three episodes which is just amazing it just feels so good um, and like we said before it's the start of your day Jess and the end of my day so mm-hmm. it's it's nice that you've got this to go into the rest of your day and I've got this to reflect on and wake up tomorrow thinking that was great conversation so <laughs> whenever you listen to this we've both recorded this in two different time zones so it doesn't matter what time of day you're listening to this hopefully it does have a an influence on the way that you're thinking and um, helps you in some little way I love it it's such great fuel so it's- Thank you for listening again. And if you guys would like to connect with us outside of the podcast or maybe listen to some of our other podcasts that we both individually have, um, you can connect with me on Instagram at jessicafay 508 You can use your imagination and go traveling on my travel blog at theroadjesstraveled.com, traveled with one L. And my other podcast is called Rediscover, and I co-host that with my friend Kristen, and we really talk a lot about connecting with the childlike wonder within yourselves and tuning into authenticity over on that podcast. So that's just another place where you can exercise your imaginative side. Yeah, and you can find me over on Instagram at Mr. Bradley Coker with my Disney-inspired podcast, Confessions of a Disney Cast Member. It's not as gossipy as it sounds, I promise. Um, it's fantastic. We- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, uh, there's lots of interviews on there with plenty of uh, cast members from across the Disney company and a really good way to escape to the Disney parks and the Disney community, even when you can't get to the parks themselves. Um, but that is all for now thank you so much for listening and thank you Jess again for this amazing conversation and we will be back next time with a dive into dreams yes yes dreams (laughs) I think that's gonna oh boy I'm excited for that one I'm nervous again that the nerves are always there and then it's like no this is great like and I think I think I get nervous because I don't take the time to to dive into these things enough. So I'm really glad that I'm taking the opportunity now to think, no, dive into it. It's good. Yeah, I I think that it's like nervous excitement. I think I'm going to get really uh, spiritual and like philosophical with dreams because I think there's so much, so many layers to them. So I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be really fun. It will be. But anyways, that's all we've got time for for now. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.